0: Very very depressing
1: It makes me want to kill myself Seriously We need to stop this right now And now, brought to you by Guru Energy Drinks, good energy, smart organics, www.guruenergy.com. Coming to you live, but not really live, from Gut Check World Headquarters in the capital city of a boxing glove-shaped state, and Gut Check South Command, deep in the belly button above the buckle of the Bible Belt, it's the Gut Check Podcast, with your hosts, Ted Cluck and
0: Zach Bartles. Hey, welcome to the Gut Check Podcast. I am Ted Cluck. He Hi, is Ryle. Zach Bartels. Uh, our producer is Russell. He is uh, <laughs> he is off camera counting us in, which is why this show looks and feels so professional each and every week. Um, and we are we are bummed out today. Um, yeah, we t- are depressed. We're a couple of Debbie Downers. We both have issues. We have things that we're going through, as it were, and. Um, what this episode is going to be is us making each other feel better about ourselves. So um, something that our culture is into, uh, self-help. This Self-affirmation. Is some self-affirmation, absolutely words of affirmation. So this will be that kind of, uh, that kind of podcast.
1: You can just sit right. in if you want, or you can turn off. We don't care because this is about us.
0: This is about us and our needs and what we're going through. <laughs> so baby, let me, let me pose the question and you feel free to get as detailed or not detailed as you want what what are you going through dude what can i help you with today
1: you know here's the thing we you already know yeah. uh and and so you're you're just wanting me to kind of publicly air this because otherwise we don't have any minutes you don't have to I mean, we have you don't no have minutes to
0: of, of, of anything we have um, zero minutes of content but no pressure <laughs> there i mean i would say
1: in just about every area where you can have like um Something kind of drag you down in a week in okay. that area. Other than like in my my family relations, okay, uh, I've I've had a, a ding, man. Uh, I got a no mm. uh, f- uh, that from a publisher that I was really hopeful about. Yeah, um, which was for me, it was one of those things where I was like, you know, kind of hold off on everything else because I think this sure. is going through, and and I was waiting and waiting and waiting. Um, the, and that
0: always hurts when that happens, man. I mean that that is that is for me a day ruiner. You know, whatever whatever right. day that email comes in, it's just that day is is over. And the email
1: know? came in with just like this uh from the agent it, like it was, you know, no big deal like oh, got a know mm-hmm. from insert publisher name. So yeah. they yeah. they thought that uh didn't match, so and yeah. that was it and I was just like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, um, and then my my uh, you know health wise, I was horribly sick for a couple days this week, and really? and
0: uh, I had I had a in huge what in, in what way, baby? Can like, I uh, can I push you on that a little bit?
1: You know when you're under like a whole bunch of blankets and you're yeah. still like <laughs> like chills.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if it was the flu or
1: what, but it wrecked me, mm-hmm. and it and it mm-hmm. descended upon me while I was at Chuck E.
0: Cheese. Oh my goodness.
1: So like you're already kind of wishing which is already that everyone the worst was dead. place in the world. Oh my gosh, what a depressing place. I like, you know, I kept just looking over at my son and how happy he was, and for a yeah. moment I'd be like, yeah, this is great. And then I would yeah. accidentally look anywhere else and be like, there's no god.
0: Yeah, I know, I know. There's no god. The world is fallen and broken beyond repair. To clarify,
1: now, there is a God, but I there mean, is that was-
0: absolutely, yeah. But but we're talking about a feeling here, like an atmosphere, right? You know what I mean?
1: And he's not now, everywhere, and I don't know if he's at Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, we know he is everywhere. That's one of his attributes. Never mind.
0: He is sovereign, and we and we believe that. But it but it seems Zach like he's not at Chuck E. Cheese. You know what I mean? <laughs> because of the the filth and the sadness and the other people who are at Chuck E. Cheese. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> So
1: also um Tuesday was a huge day for and the Tuesday was the day that I texted you when I was glum. Yes. Um and so it was like an insanely busy day. It's the day that I got the the email about that. Yeah. And the night before, and of course Tuesday, it was. Or no, I'm sorry, it was Ash Wednesday. It wasn't Tuesday, it was Ash Wednesday. Okay, so I had a huge day from like 8 in the morning, I was going to be at church, I was going to be in our clothing center helping people yeah. there, then at two different hospitals and then back here, and then all the way to like uh, 8.30 at night, we had a Ash Wednesday service I was officiating. And the night uh-huh. before, I slept, wait for it, 90 minutes. The oh. insomnia came back in, and that was the day also that I happened to get the email uh, about the... Uh, the pass on my manuscript
0: dude that's the worst can i can i ask you a question about your insomnia i know this is this is something that we talk about quite a bit because we both struggle with it but um and and part of what i'm bummed about is related to this like i've been having it but it's been i mean it's been the opposite of what it's historically been for me which historically it's been, i just can't fall asleep yeah that's right too yeah so i can't
1: relate to the thing where you wake up in the middle of the night wide awake
0: now, that's what's been happening to me. So I will I will now fall asleep, but then I'll wake up at, like, 3 in the morning, and it'll be all over, you know? Let me tell you um, something
1: I was reading about. Apparently, for most of history, most of recorded history, that was the norm. Like, because there was no electronic light... Uh-huh. Uh, and 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 it was difficult to do anything you know with candlelight or whatever um uh, yeah. it was very normal for people to have two sleeps so you'll read about like you know even in america um people talking about this happening you know during the first sleep or the second sleep of the night and then yeah. in between you'd wake up for a while you'd get up and read you'd pray you'd make a baby maybe and yeah. then uh, you'd go back to sleep again so maybe your your body's just more in touch with like the historic way of sleeping yeah. maybe it's kind of a hipster thing you're doing
0: I think it's hipster. I think it's vintage. You know, I think I think my body has always had a real appreciation for you know vintage ways of sleeping. You know? You should write a book called Vintage Sleep. Vintage Sleep. Oh, I love it, dude. That's hot. Right. <laughs> see see what you did here and what really we're gonna be doing all, all morning here on the show is you've you've taken a negative and you've you've turned it into a positive. Amen. You know? That's so now at three in the morning, when I get up, instead of being in a rage and being really frustrated about all the sleep I'm missing, um, I'm just going to think about how vintage and hipster and, and money I am.
1: Dude, I wrote an article for the Blazing Center not long ago talking about insomnia and okay. how much I hate it. When yeah. I will, I don't even post about it at all on any social media anymore. Yeah, uh, because is this, the number of this article people, up? can I see it? Yeah, wow. Um, it it only talks about that for a minute, then it switches oh. to. That's kind of the the icebreaker in the beginning. The oh, I see. Uh, the, hook. the lead, it's as the it lead, were. the hook, and yeah. uh, but but people coming out with uh, their comments that are like, "Well, sounds like a great opportunity for prayer," and I'm like, "Dude,
0: <laughs> yeah, y- choke on that." Please. You yeah, you have no idea what this feels like because you know?
1: yeah these are these are people who have never had serious insomnia. When when you can't fall asleep, the last thing you're going to do is anything that might uh, wake you up. Yeah. Uh, or yeah. anything that might admit that you're very far from sleep. Like the idea of get up for a while and do something and then go back to bed. That is yeah. that is nonsense.
0: Don't you right. agree? I do. I I think for me, if I ever get up, I, I'm getting up with the with the idea that I'm giving up. Yes, like that it's all exactly. over. You me know. Too. So yeah. I I get up. Maybe I brew some coffee and then I start reading or, or whatever. And but in my mind, I've gone. You know, this is over. Do exactly. Um, and then sometimes you get lucky and you fall back asleep and you and you go, "Oh, I feel really tired now i'll I'll try it you know the worst though is when you get up for a little bit and you and you go, "Oh, I'll go back and try it, and then you go back and try it, and it doesn't work, and you feel like a failure like three or four times Double throughout failure. The night. Yeah. oh dude, that's the worst and
1: and it what just... you're failing at is not like designing a more efficient car, it's yeah. doing something that like Everyone, everyone can else do. can
0: do. Yeah, and then <laughs> you look out your window and you see all the other like dark houses in the neighborhood, and you go, "Everyone else is succeeding at this." Basically,
1: it's one step short of not being able to breathe. Like, it really know, is. I dude. failed at breathing today, and now right? I'm dead. I
0: know it. I know it. You see, everyone else in your neighborhood who really they like they suck at all kinds of other things, but they're succeeding <laughs> at the one thing that you want to do right <laughs> at that moment. <laughs> sleep. Yes. Exactly,
1: dude. Now, when you wake up at three in the morning or whatever. Is yeah. It, is it the same sort of? Is there a different experience of the insomnia with, with the you know the flipped around kind of situation?
0: No. It, what it is, and it's weird. It's like I'm not even particularly angsty about anything. You know what I'm saying? It's not like I wake up at three and I'm like, oh, the you know the thing that I'm worried about. The Hendrickson or, deal
1: on the back burner.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Hendrickson deal on the back burner. It's not that at all. It's just like I wake up and I'm wide awake. And what what my problem is. I wake up and I'm wide awake and then I'm, I'm angry about it. You know Mm. what I mean? Um, And that's, that's really where it starts a downward spiral for me. Whereas I think on the front end, you know, there's, there's always the feeling that, you know, as, as the minutes go by, like, oh, this could happen, you know? So let's say you lay down at like 11 and you're like, well, you know, I'm not falling asleep right away, but. You know, it's not even midnight yet. Right. There's this not...
1: two more hours before this is a real concern.
0: There's two more hours before it's a concern, and you're doing the math in your head and going, "Well, oh, if I fall asleep now, you know, I'll get I'll get six and a half hours. That's not bad." And then, you know, a couple hours later, you're like, "Well, if I fall asleep now, I'll still get four. You know, it's not ideal, but you know, it's it's survivable." And mm-hmm. then, much beyond that, it's like deep seated hopelessness sets in. Yeah. And you begin to think about all the things that you have to do the next day that you're going to be horrible at because mm-hmm. you've not gotten to sleep. And, uh, and you know yeah, that's the worst that...
1: sight in the world, Ted, but the sun just starting to come up
0: Oh, at the back and, and, of a sleepless night. And with that, you know what I would dread hearing the first like bird chirp at around four Screw in the morning that bird. Yeah, exactly. Or like the first bird would chirp and I'd be like, oh, just full of rage. You know, what are you exactly. chirping about? I bet you slept yeah. just fine. Exactly. Dude, we're horrible guys talking about this. Yeah, I know.
1: Oh. Well, nobody's listening, so yeah,
0: yeah. It's that, that, cold comfort, but it is, <laughs> it is, it is some comfort. Dude, seriously, I wonder if people will listen to like an hour of us just talking dude. about our insomnia and our problems. Well, you
1: only have forty minutes or something, so yeah.
0: Uh, so it's, what? What else is going on with you, man? That's got you down. Dude, I'll tell you what has me down, and the, and this is related to a lot of different things. One being the insomnia. One, another being my 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 kind of waning athletic career. Um, as you know, I'm doing this book on long snapping. And as you, you may not know, I'm playing uh, in two weeks uh, up in, in Illinois, in Bloomington, Illinois, I'm playing in an arena football game. Um, I don't know if I had told you that, but it's happening for the book. But but part of what I'm struggling with, Zach, is feeling my age. You know what I mean? Like my, my body, like the workouts aren't as great anymore. Like my knees hurt. And, and what's more, I feel like even in the classroom – I'm not sort of connecting with my students in the way that I used to. Um, and I don't want to be the, I don't want to be the sort of out of touch dad jeans, you know, <laughs> sad, like older middle-aged guy. You know what I mean? I don't want to, I, I fear that, but nor do I want to be like, you know, Hey, I'm just here in my Coldplay t-shirt with my backwards ball cap. I'm one of you, you know, I mean, you, cause that's even sadder, you know, like, let me ask you something, It's man. less sad. What's that?
1: Is your is your uh, ponytail? Would you call it a gray ponytail? Is it gray now,
0: dude? No, it's not gray. It's I, I'm still kind of gray just around the temples. You know right. what I mean? So when I do pull it back, you can see, you know, you can see, you can actually see the gray more when I wear when I wear my hair in the ponytail. But when I let it just kind of hang down and, and be long, you know, it's really it's still just kind of dark brown. Well, but, that's, uh, that's
1: something. Hold on to that. It
0: is. No, I appreciate that. That's really that's really sweet of you to 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 highlight that. To be honest, and let me you know?
1: emphasize something else, man. You you have always been the guy who didn't have to. Like I've sat in on a, a number of your classes, and I've I've sat in. You know, I've I've taken part in some of the like writing things that you've taught workshops and such. Yeah. And you're you're never uh, trying to find the reference that the kids have already. You know what I mean? You're not like. Yeah. Yeah. So for sure. in Hunger Games Part Whatever, you're mm-hmm. you're always the guy who's like throwing out, you know. Nobody here has seen Goodwill Hunting, but you should because. And then right, they're all right. like, "Dang, I wish I was in on the reference." And and so you're connecting with them where you are rather than where they are, which yeah, which seems yeah. to work for you. So I wonder what's changing.
0: Yeah. No, you know, I think it's still working. To be honest, it just I feel different about it. You know what I'm saying? And okay. I think I. I think it's still working okay now, but I, I see I, I see what 10 years down the road is going to look like. And I, I feel like I'm going to have to retool my persona a little bit. Um, but maybe not. I don't know. You know, it, It's just weird, man. you have um, Ted? No, but uh, I, I tell you, this is all part of that because I turned 40 in about a month. I turned 40 in March.
1: Okay, so um, 10 years down the road, you're, you're, you're looking all the way up to 50.
0: Right, and it's like, what is that going to look like? I'll be a 50-year-old college professor. What will that look like? You know what I'm saying? I now, guess I just, I fear that.
1: You fear that? But I mean, w- yeah. what's the alternative? What's what's
0: the, what's the better than that? Um, dude, that's the thing. I don't know. There's nothing really better than that. I can't think of other jobs that I want. I love this job, you know? And, and, and I love the students. And I'll, I'm sure, find ways to connect with students when I'm 50. But um, it, you know what it is, dude? And th- this is getting really kind of deep and existential, but I I think you'll relate to this because we like a lot of the same, you know, movies and pop culture and, and we respect a lot of the same things. Um, I miss being like dangerous. You know what I mean? Like when you're, when you're young, you're, I don't know, you're an athlete, you're doing cool things and risky things. And, you know, back when I was boxing and and doing semi pro football and all that stuff, like I, I felt, I felt sort of, um, I don't know. I felt dangerous in a good way. You know what I mean? Like, I was physically proficient and there was a little bit of swagger. And, um, you were a threat you know, now to that, the enemy. Dude, I was. I was a threat to the enemy. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I didn't feel like there was anybody on earth who could take me, you know, which was misguided and wrong, but that's how I felt. Right, you know? Which is
1: how you're supposed to feel when you're young, which is why we send 19 year olds in to, to fight, you know, ISIS and stuff because they're invincible. In dude, exactly.
0: And I guess I miss that feeling, man. I miss feeling invincible. Um, and, and there there are things that I like about being this age I mean I like having you know read a ton of books and seen a bunch of things and I like having this you know pretty extensive archive of you know knowledge and references to make and in, in life experience and you know the maturity in Christ that comes with being older and all that stuff I, I do truly appreciate it but uh, but yeah I'd, I'd be lying if I said I didn't miss the kind of you know swagger and and, and danger of young manhood you know what I'm saying
1: yeah, yeah. Well that's that's uh that's gone and not coming back. Wow. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <that's, laughs>
0: Wait no, way, way to way to bring it to a fine point, you I know. I think that it's, maybe
1: I'm not doing what we were supposed to be doing. So you, what happened was Ted, you dragged me down. So oh, rather I'm sorry.
0: than me. Because I mean it's true of all of us. Dude, isn't um, that the risk we run though as as men being authentic with one another? This is why men never do this. I mean, this is why we never share our, our sort of <laughs> deepest fears and concerns with one another because we, we just drag each other down, you know?
1: Well, and the thing is, I mean, you 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 at least, Ted, you can say, you know, you, you had the thing where you, you were the big uh, athlete guy. Mm-hmm. I start thinking about wanting to get back into shape and yeah. realizing that that looks a lot different. When you're 40, than it does when you're 25. You know,
0: like it really does. Where, where
1: like you could be like, all right, you know, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be really, you know, like muscular, and uh, you know, that that'll happen. That's a possibility. I know people who went from kind of doughy to, but when you get into into middle age, you can get into shape, but yeah. it, it, you know, the shape is is you can be nuanced, but the shape's already kind of established. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know, the you, back down to my fightin weight loses uh, any real context if. You know, you haven't there was, been there if before. If there was no
0: fighting to begin with. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know what, though? I will say this for you. You you could always take a punch. You know what I mean? You had a you had a good chin. You know what they call that in boxing? They call it a good set of whiskers. Really? Yeah. You had a good set of whiskers on you. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Isn't that a funny thing? That is a funny thing. Good for you. Yeah. yeah.
1: Knowing that. See? Yeah. That's something maybe you wouldn't have known when you were a younger man.
0: Dude, that's it. I, I didn't know that when I was a younger man. So see how see how rewarding it is to be older.
1: Oh man! So listen, man, you're gonna. Ha- I want I want I want to try and prop
0: you up. Okay. You're I would you're love
1: gonna that. go up to uh to B Town there, in, a, in in a couple weeks, you're gonna yeah. snap the crap out of that ball. Yeah. Thank you. Everyone's gonna be like, this guy's a writer, and he's here, you know, working on a book. How can mm. we keep him? And you're gonna be like, listen, I you can't keep me. I've got uh, yeah. I've got a job. I have got a life. Classes to teach. Classes to teach. I got a house. I got, uh, you know, I'm
0: and and. No, dude, I, I I like where you're going with all this. I hope so. You know, and let me prop you up. Um, <laughs> publishing, what? Why is that funny?
1: It's it's just I don't know. I don't know why yeah. it's funny.
0: Publishing being the fickle industry that it is. I mean, there there are always these these. For me, it's been my experience. There have always been these sort of wild fluctuating ups and downs and i mean kk my wife can attest to this i have threatened to like quit writing so many times she's she's lost count you know so you'll have these interest probably
1: right
0: she's lost count and she's totally lost interest i mean that (laughs) ship sailed like a decade ago yeah sure quit
1: writing i'll believe it
0: yeah yeah yawn you know checks watch (laughs) yeah however like Sexy and romantic, it, it may have been to be married to a writer. I don't know. I, th- I think that ship sailed a long time ago too. But the the point being, you have these weeks where you get the no from the publisher. You you have those sort of unsatisfying interactions with the agent or whatever. But um, the fact of the matter is, none of that none of that is a reflection on your talent. You know, like your level of ability, your level of you know being able to produce hasn't changed at all. You know, which is in stark contrast, to like what I'm dealing with as an athlete, where like quantifiably I can't run as fast as I could ten years ago mm-hmm. you know there there are certain things athletically that I can't do, but uh, but as writers, I mean we can probably do more than we could ten years ago, you know um so your talent hasn't changed your you know your level of what you have to offer to the industry hasn't changed uh I think what's frustrating about the industry is just how how beholden to so many other people you are in it um which is what makes something like Gut Check so much fun. You know, we we get to have our own thing and, and yeah, some of the some of the projects you know that we've done with gut check have been, you know, kind of wildly successful and some haven't. Um, speaking of one that hasn't, um, the gut check guide to publishing. This is a book that people need to buy.
1: Hey, it's it's um, bouncing back up there again.
0: It's it, it's bouncing back up it's there. It's having a rocky
1: we, lift off, but it's starting to lift off, I think.
0: You know what we call that in business? What's that? We call that a, a soft open. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Which, it's I a mean, soft open. It's a so, it's a soft, kind of open. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know what it is, Ted. I was searching for other words to put with soft that wouldn't sound dirty. It's a and soft I came up open. With, I came up with zero words. <laughs> <laughs> That's my problem. That's what I'm dealing with. You know.
1: Let me just say something from, and I don't want to push back on your encouragement, but yeah, your encouragement okay. just kind of illuminated something for me. Okay. And then your reference to this Gut Check book further illuminated yeah. it with with yeah. additional lumens. Um, yeah. <laughs> that, it occurred to me uh-huh. not long ago that, that my arc as a character yeah. okay. is kind of the guy who is who is good at things, okay. but he's more good at them than he is successful. Oh, that's you know interesting, man. Like, Suss that out the, a little uh, bit, if you would. I'm looking at the Strauss Expository Preaching Award. Okay. And, and the, uh, Sugden, uh, uh, leader in ministry award, right? Yeah. These are given to, like, the guys with all the promise, the guy yeah. with all the promise in seminary. Yeah. And I got yeah. one of them twice and I got the other one. It's, a, it's just given once every, to the graduating class. And, yeah. And, uh, I mean, I'm not saying that I'm, I haven't lived up to, you know, my potential as a minister, but, like, they expect, I think, the guys who get these, you know, these are the, the great preachers, the, yeah. the people who are going to go out there and just, uh, they, they don't think they're going to be, you know, in the churches that are, you know, following the trend, you know, that yeah. aren't immune to the trend we see, yeah. you know, at large of the plateauing congregations and then the and then the slow decline. They're going to yeah. be the guys out there with the rock star churches. And, you know, you, when you when you know that you're good, you kind of expect that that is going to be uh, how it goes. When you know that you're good, you're expecting that you're going to be successful. Yeah. uh in the way that everyone who who's watching you from outside is ex- expecting that. And you know like so when yeah. you when you get the uh the book deal yeah. like with very little effort uh from yeah. the dream publisher you expect that, you know, that's the beginning of like a launching point. And when you, when yes. you then realize that maybe it's foolish to start, you know, with the biggest publisher and the high expectations rather yeah. than build up um I right. I'd, I'd almost rather be kind of a hack, you know, and really successful.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know. And there, and there are those guys out there. I think that's what makes it so hard, dude. Yeah. I mean, you look at a guy like Joel Osteen, who like theologically obviously is, you know, uh, a mess and, and isn't half the preacher that you are and doesn't have half the talent that you have for writing, but yet the guy sold, you know, a bazillion and a half books. And and you look at that and you go, there's just, there's no justice. You know, and and there is no justice. I mean, this, this side of eternity. And, and if there was you know, godless justice, we would all, I mean, we would all perish, you know, we all obviously deserve the the worst. So, I mean, that, that argument doesn't really hold up, but, but yeah, you look at it and you go, "Eh." (laughs) you know, I'm thoughtful. I, I, I love writing. I love the craft. I've tried to be good at this. Um, and yet, you know, this, this hack who's, who's spinning out you know, prosperity garbage is, uh, is selling all these books, man. It just, yeah, it makes you scratch your head for I, mean, sure. I feel
1: like you went through this similar, similar kind of, uh, epiphany. Uh, yeah. but, but epiphany sounds positive. This is very negative where, where like when yeah. you were, um, you know, like, like the grinding concrete essay. Yeah. Basically yeah. saying here I am, I'm, I'm an incredibly good writer. It's been affirmed, yeah. you know, award winning. I'm also, yeah. you know, really good at teaching, as you can Mm -hmm. see by how much people learn and their evaluations and evaluations. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and yet you had, you know, applied to a whole lot of, in fact, I feel like there was a time there where you kind of, you know, insomnia wise, just were like, forget it. Um, (laughs) this might not happen. And then took some time off. Yeah. Uh, And and you had to have been thinking about, you know, people who are tenured professors who suck
0: at it. Oh dude, absolutely. I mean, that was a, and and those are some of the low times that you go through I think in in the faith where I mean the Lord uses that to refine you and and for me I mean using those like day labor jobs grinding concrete and unloading planes and all that I mean that was that was really spiritually refining for me but I think it was also a it was a nice bit of perspective on the writing in that um you know I don't feel like I've settled I don't feel like I've said you know well I'm just destined to do small books but But it also has made me, I mean, it's made me really, really thankful for any kind of writing gig that I get. You know what I mean? That I want to do. You know, so some of these football books that I've had a chance to do over the last couple of years that I've really wanted to do that have been really fun and really rewarding, but I've done them with, you know, relatively smaller publishers where I knew it wasn't going to get the huge, like, over the top media push. Um, I think I'm happier with those books and I'm happier with those products than than I ever was when I was kind of chasing bigger and bigger advances and all that. So, um, you know, I think the Lord just gives perspective and I think it's a, it's a sense of, boy, it's a, it's a huge privilege just to be, to be under contract to write any book that someone will read. You know what I mean? Just to be a part of people's lives that way. And to, um, you know, to think that people will be having this book in their homes and maybe giving it to their kids and enjoying it is a really, you know, those are the things that, again, as I get older, I find myself reflecting on those things, you know, um, and really appreciating like the, the, the dark nights of the soul where, yeah, you're getting up at four in the morning to go grind concrete or unload a plane and, and wondering why everybody else is successful. But, um, but yeah, I I think we can't, uh, we can't try to mastermind all that, you know? And, and one of the things I learned through all that was I can't, I can't try to mastermind anyone, anybody else's sanctification. You know what I mean? Where you, you look around and you see, boy, the, the Lord seems to be refining me, but he doesn't seem to care about refining my neighbor. Who's, you know, everything he touches turns to gold. But, um, we just don't know, you know, I mean, we don't know that we don't know what kind of battles other people are, are fighting, but, uh, but yeah, it's definitely, it hurts in the moment, but it's not an unproductive place to be in life.
1: No enforce my template on you, but do you think that in some sense then you've come to, to terms with uh like I would rather be good and faithful than successful by the world's metrics? Kind of yeah. I mean, that's that's sort of the ironically the theme of the first book I came out with. Mm-hmm. Um and then, and then the book itself. I mean, it did it did fine. It still is, yeah, yeah. Um, but failed to be like the big breakout thing that everyone hopes their you know their debut yeah. will be. Yeah, and uh, and ironically, then had me kind of down in the dumps about the very same thing that the 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 main character had overcome in the yeah. in the book.
0: Dude, yeah, it's so funny. I, I would I would agree with that template. You know, I think I think that's where I am. But also, I think it, it takes a certain kind of screwed up level of talent even to sell out. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think I could sell out. Like, I don't even know how to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, even <laughs> if I got, even if I, and I've half had this, like I had an opportunity to write, you know, this book about Robert Griffin, the third, a couple of years ago, he was a, he was a, a rookie quarterback at that time. in the NFL was super successful, was having this like amazing rocket ship arc at the time. And, and at the time that would have been a that would have been like a prime sellout book. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I, I signed the contract. I had a very short time to write it. And if I had written this sort of, you know, standard kind of Christian athlete, all my dreams are going true puff piece, I would have hated it. And I would have hated myself, but that would have been like, that would have been like the prime opportunity to sell out. And I screwed it up. You know what I mean? <laughs> because I wrote like the thoughtful sort of interesting football book that I wanted to write that, that, you know, not as many people read. And, and there were other reasons why that book didn't do amazing, namely that, you know, the athlete got hurt and now he's barely still in the league. But um but nevertheless, like I, I, I think that was my prime opportunity to be a sellout and I screwed it up. Someone you know? read
1: a book called How to Sell Out.
0: They should. I would read that. Like, I feel like it would be helpful for me given that you know, if I ever had another opportunity to sell out, I wouldn't. I wouldn't let that one pass me by. You know. <laughs> you know,
1: an opportunity to sell out usually only knocks once, though. Really.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right, man. You only you only get so many of those shots in life to be a, to become what, a complete sellout.
1: In the ministry, you get every Sunday. You get a chance to sell out. And, oh, uh, I believe it. I, I believe am hoping it. I never grab onto that because. Yeah. It, yeah. It's an instant payoff uh, when you're yeah. like gospel. Nah. How
0: about? you know how about telling people what being, they want to hear yeah, yeah.
1: exactly happy yeah. healthy good looking and
0: yeah, yeah. no um, you can't do that man and it, and it's admirable to keep you know to keep grinding away and and you know it it's not a i don't think it's a cop out or a you know us making excuses for ourselves to go you know we are we are writing the kind of books that we want to write and we're writing the kind of books that we want to read and you know, beyond that, you just kind of let the chips fall. That's what I've always said. And and people, at these conferences and people in these kind of, you know, help me become a writer kind of mentoring relationships that I find myself in. They always want to know like, what, what should I be doing? What's the formula? What should my persona be? And I, I, I always tell them, you know, writing is so hard anyway. Like your, your persona has to be just what it is. Mm. And you write the book that you want to write. You write the kind of book that turns you on, that makes you excited that that you would want to pick up off the shelf and read and then you literally just have to let it go and let the chips fall because it, the minute you start you know kind of persona making and trying to trying to fit yourself into some industry mold, like for me as a writer as an artist, it just becomes a lot less fun. Now, I know guys that can do that. I mean, I know guys that do it really well, and and they probably don't even hate themselves. You know, it's probably a sense of <laughs> they probably don't
1: even hate themselves.
0: You know, it's probably for them a sense of well, I'd rather be a self-employed author than be a, you know, insurance adjuster or be a, you know, whatever, whatever, a salesman. Uh, so they go, you know, the, this persona is kind of cheesy. I'll, 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 you know, devote my life to churning out a particular kind of book, and then they do fine, and 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 that's fine. That's a choice that you know, people can make, but it was just never, I can't do it either. I mean, I, I just, I could never do it. And, you know, I, I care so much about writing and writing the kind of books that I want to write that, you know, I, I couldn't do it the other way. And I, and I, and I have completely made my peace with that. Um, and if that means just only ever selling 10,000 copies of a book, then I can live with it.
1: Well, you've already, there's like four levels of irony here, but you, you, you did have at least two books that sold quite, quite well. Yeah. Uh, and in one of them, uh, I think it's your, your co-author who, another level of irony, did kind of become, uh, you know, the, the, the breakout, uh, reformed author du jour, uh, yeah. coined the phrase plotting visionaries. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. Uh huh. and
1: he was talking about ministers, but I mean, that could apply to anyone being, you know, faithful, yeah. the, the kind of, uh daily grind, whether it's grinding yeah. concrete or you know, you're in the ministry or writing where you're like, I'm i I'm going to be faithful today again. Yeah. Uh and and success will look like not selling out rather mm. than, you know, a gazillion right dollars or followers or whatever's, you know, yeah. the yeah, currency of the, the case
0: day. May be. Yep. Yeah, I
1: feel like this has all gotten way too grim and serious, and maybe we should uh, read this short little chapter of uh, Dude. Let's absolutely read we the Rad chapter. Said.
0: you know what though? All, all kidding aside, before we move on to the chapter and Gut Check Literacy Month, this this has been great, man. Like this, I feel less glum now.
1: I do too, man. And and you know, I, I think I I was a little weirded out by my own text to you, Ted, where I used the where I uttered the words, I miss you. Yeah. I just want to be. I want to be a little bit uh, authentic here and say I, I yeah. hit send and I was like, "Oh crap! how, yeah. do, you, how do you bring that back? Yeah, I know. Um, but uh, I'm glad we got the, the cards out on the table here
0: Dude, and, absolutely.
1: Uh, absolutely. and and sharpened each other. And, and by that, I mean uh, uh, propped each other back up on yeah. on whatever kind of house of cards we were able to build, so that we. You could know, it will be too.
0: interesting in the wake of this is to see if if anyone listens to it. And if anyone has any, like, response to us not being funny and irreverent in the, in the usual way that we are. You know what I mean? I'll
1: tell you what. We've had uh, a couple times when Turk has come on, and he has been rather serious about, you know, kind of uh, diagnosing things. And we've gotten deep yeah. into And some of those are our, our most popular episodes, actually.
0: That's true. That's true. So,
1: you know what? It, it is what it is. If we did it all the time, people would be like, oh, this is grim. But once in a while, yeah.
0: hey, who knows? Yeah. And you know what? It's our show. We can do whatever we want.
1: That that's that's really the you you've hit uh, square one. That's and th- those are some words seven. that I
0: enjoy saying. I'm not gonna lie. Like I enjoy having a show on which I can do whatever I want.
1: And, and by show you mean yeah. audio <laughs> file that gets uploaded to a free hosting service once a week.
0: Yeah, yeah. Which which is not at all sad. I mean, don't hear me saying that it's sad.
1: Well, if you think that it's sad, then obviously you weren't listening when Ted just said that it wasn't sad a second ago.
0: Yeah, exactly. Right. So open your the ears, is, man. It's not sad. Right. Right. <laughs> It's my show, and it's not sad. So, what, uh, baby? What chapter are we ready to uh, to launch into here on the on, on gut check literacy? World? Well,
1: it's the one when you died last time. You died before. Uh, and by the way, thank God that you didn't die in in, yeah. in a non tornado that that came right away.
0: when we when we left off uh, with the last episode. For those of you who didn't listen, um, I was recording the show and I heard a tornado siren go off outside my window, and I had to seek shelter. I had to seek cover. Now it turned out the tornado. Uh, ended up veering uh, a mile or so south of us, so it wasn't an issue. But um, yeah, I'm Zach, and it, and it gave me renewed perspective. You know, I'm just happy to be here. I'm I I don't take every I don't take any recording session for granted anymore. You know. <laughs> well, we were about to read Loyola,
1: and then after that, Ted, and this I wish we would have had the kismet here. The providence, yeah. if you will, of uh, <laughs> the next chapter is the Mayan Lenian bug, Mayan Lenium okay. bug, yeah. which is about 90s hacking. And if that would have been last oh. week on the hackers episode, that wow, would have been all the better. But
0: you know? Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah.
1: So this okay, one so- is, uh, this is one that I wrote, uh, okay. features mostly, yeah, uh, Brad Atchison's characters. Okay. And uh, I would like you, if you have, do you need me to email it to you yet again? No, no, I have it. I have it in
0: front of me. So this is Loyola, Chapter 11. And I would like
1: you to read the voice of Edith Loyola.
0: (laughs) I'll give it the old college try. How about that?
1: All right, here we go. Week 12 of uh, Gut Check Literacy Month, Chapter 11, Loyola. Mm. When your father is Reverend Louis Ironsides, and your life can best be described as pampered, sheltered, and micromanaged, although Reverend Ironsides prefers to call the latter heavily providenced, It's hard to decide which aspect of your life is, quote, the worst. At the (laughs) same time, though, it seems oddly important to be able to pinpoint that worst thing. Maybe it's all the meetings with suitors, which feel creepier and creepier, as the language more and more resembles a guy trying to sell a steak door-to-door out of one of those freezer trucks. Maybe it's fantasizing about chewing out your dad during one of those meetings, quoting Jasmine from the possibly racist 90s <laughs> Disney film Aladdin, starring yeah. the late Robin Williams, from that one scene where Jasmine did the same thing to her dad during a similar meeting, knowing <laughs> that your father wouldn't realize that you were quoting Aladdin since he has deemed all Disney films worldly, though the violence, <laughs> of, the violence of blood sport or Mark for Death is apparently not. Those fantasies are the worst because you know deep down that you'll never have the the nerve to follow through with them. No, the worst thing is the hag. That's what Carol Ann secretly calls Edith Ignatius Loyola, the old woman her father has hired, or simply ordered, to guard Carol Ann's chastity. Of all the contradictions, which Reverend Ironsides prefers to call tensions, of life in the Ironsides bubble, Edith Edith is by far the most maddening. If Carol Ann's calves or forearms accidentally show for even a moment, Edith swoops in like a... a what? Like a griffin? To cover them back up, always with a harsh rebuke involving a string of four-letter words. Yet Edith herself dresses like an honest-to-goodness streetwalker, despite being, Carol Ann estimates, somewhere between 70 and 100 years old. <laughs> Carol Ann. Barks Edith. You done packing yet? Her gravelly voice, the fruit reaped of a lifetime of vice, causes the girl to quiver involuntarily. She braces herself for what generally follows the cringe inducing sound of a wad of wet chewing tobacco pinging into the bottom of an empty mountain dew can nice. to, to carol Ann's relief the old woman lurches into the room canless this is all you packed <laughs> 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 she demands, gesturing at the half-filled pink suitcase by her feet. As she bends over to rifle through its contents, Carol Ann tries not to look at the tramp stamp peeking up from beneath Edith's Daisy Dukes. She guesses the petrified tattoo once depicted two pearl-handled pistols pointing in at the words, bang, bang, or maybe bling, bling. It's hard to tell anymore. Carol Ann sighs and flops back on the horsehair-filled canopy bed. I don't understand why we're even going to Nebraska. Isn't that Tad fellow coming here tomorrow for final round courtship talks with Daddy? She swallows hard at the thought. Until now, no one had made it to the final courting round. It's all happening. So fast. And something (laughs) about Tad seems fishy. It's like, even when he's giving the wrong answer, he somehow knows it's the right wrong answer. We
0: got bigger fish to fry than you getting married.
1: Edith declares, audibly chambering a mass of phlegm, then re-swallowing it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> there's new chatter about our day it's coming and quick and t- <laughs> and tad's dad is in on this scheme to turn nebraska into some kind of commune with no technology or nothing <laughs> perfect place for us to spend the aftermath
1: Carol ann rolls off the bed and dispassionately <laughs> shoves a few more jumpers into the suitcase and you say uncle reggie is coming too her tone conveys her dismay <laughs> reginald is not really her uncle but she's called him that since she was even shorter than he <laughs> and all that time she's found
0: him quite creepy yes reginald's coming and don't be a racist
1: that doesn't make sense caroline mutters zipping the bag shut
0: <laughs> uncle reggie's white and don't be a sassback back. <laughs> you know what i mean because he's a dwarf
1: caroline thinks about what princess jasmine might say in this moment She'd probably point out that one can't be, quote, racist against midgets, and that if one (laughs) could be racist against midgets, calling them dwarves would probably make the cut. Instead, she just pulls out the retractable handle thing that you can use to wheel your suitcase along, even though it's not heavy at all, and there's no reason to wheel it rather than carry it. It's just that wheeling it will require her attention, which will distract her from her current situation. From the fact that Duke Morrison hasn't responded to her last three emails. From the fact that she doesn't want to marry Tad from the white cotton pockets extending beyond the frayed edge of Edith's Daisy Dukes, and from the barcode tattooed on the back of the old woman's neck. The tattoo is old and somewhat blurred, but she's never noticed it before, and, for some reason, it sends a shiver of fear from her brainstem right down to her toes.
0: Nice, baby. You know what, that was a funny, funny chapter. Indeed! I enjoyed it. I feel good about. Uh, I feel better about today because of that chapter, and I feel better about us.
1: You know what? That's what Reraptured does. It makes everyone feel better about today and better about them.
0: And if it, if you want to feel better about yourself and about your day, uh, you will run, not walk, to Amazon.com and purchase a copy of Reraptured.
1: And while you're at it, probably a copy of the Gut Check Guide to Publishing.
0: Absolutely, so that you can know how to write your own books. And then, in several years, have your own super-depressing existential crises, vis-a-vis the books that you've written. <laughs> <laughs> and folks, you know what, actually with
1: that—that's the tagline on the on the, the top of the, the back cover.
0: Right. Have your own depressing existential crises <laughs> in a few years. Yeah. No, nothing. Nothing moves product. You are only a few years away that. from your own
1: existential depressing crisis.
0: You're a few years away from hating yourself and every decision you've ever made in your career. <laughs> Wow. With that, uh, baby, I need to sign off.
1: All right, man.
0: We will see you next time. I'm standing on <laughs> <promises> <laughs> that Dude, that was a God. great You know you what? Know, we have to find the perfect, like, Although balls. We can't do that anymore. We can't yeah, steal. I have, them. A- I have something. Uh, promises have touched my kin Through eternal age when His plays in his way Glory in the
1: highest man will shout And sing, sing and the promises of God